RadioInfluence.com. You are sitting ringside with David Penzer on Radio Influence. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of City Ringside. My name is David Penzer, and as always, we are glad that you are here this week to listen to this thing we call a podcast. So I'm sorry that I missed last week due to going to Nashville and the taping schedule of Impact Tapings. Uh, was not able to do that. Don't want to give away anything about the Impact Tapings. Uh, we are taped through Bound for Glory. Uh, Bound for Glory is October 24th. And uh, be sure to put a little star on your calendar for that one because it's going to be a great show. And um, the days are long, my friends. Uh, we taped... Um, uh, 19 hours of television in four days. So uh, do the math and uh, started at around 11 at the studio. And uh, we usually got back to the hotel around 10, 1030. So um, long days, but I wouldn't have it any other way. And I loved it. And uh, lots of great stuff coming up. So uh, be sure to to check out Impact, if you don't already, on Access TV in the U.S., on Fight Network in Canada. You can watch, catch it on Access TV uh, Tuesdays at 8 o'clock Eastern Time. And if you don't get either of those networks, you could join Impact Plus for $7.99 a month, or you could check it out on Twitch as well. So lots of different ways, no excuses to check out Impact Wrestling. It's what everybody's talking about these days. What else are people talking about these days? As of today, as we take this, AEW has announced that they are going to be putting on sale a limited number of tickets. The world is getting back to normal, knock on wood, folks. It seems like little by little we're getting there. Um, they're going to have about a 10 to 15 percent uh, 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 capacity. So it's not going to be sellout crowds anytime soon. And I doubt that's going to happen anytime, at least in 2020. But um, in 2020. But uh but yeah, they're going to be putting on a limited amount of tickets up for sale. And uh, so that's it's Hey, let's just put it this way. It's a step in the right direction. Also, WWE uh, this past Friday, as we taped it, it will be tomorrow, um, is uh, debuting the Thunderdome. Uh, it's going to be more like uh, instead of having fans in the, the seats, it's going to be virtually there's going to be uh Hundreds and not thousands of fans that could come in virtually on Zoom or whatever platform they're using and be pumped in the audience on uh, via uh, LED screens around the entire arena. Pictures are already starting to leak. It looks different for sure. I know that Major League Soccer or one of the soccer leagues did something like this at one point. Uh, so it's going to be, it'd be interesting. You got a certain number of fans coming back to AEW. You got the, the virtual thing with WWE. So it should be interesting to see. And, you know, the one thing that, uh, 2020 has showed us is you got to get creative and, um, those who get creative and those, you know, there are those who, who, uh, succeed. SummerSlam also is in the books, ladies and gentlemen, if you, um, watch that, I did not get a chance to, but, uh, but SummerSlam is in the books, and um, and what I do want to tell you before we get to this week's guest, who I should say has an incredible story. Uh, basically, to put to put it uh, uh, briefly, and then we'll get to the to his story. Um, Terry Taylor and I signed a young team called Air Raid at the end of 2000 and, uh, 2000 and WCW, right before the company went out of business. 
Uh, one of the guys was went on to be AJ Styles. He was AJ Styles. The other guy disappeared. Uh, he was Air Paris, and um, never really seen again in the business. So we're gonna find out whatever happened to Air Paris and hear his incredible story and a uh, little redemption at the end. So it's a it's a happy ending without spoiling it, knock on wood. But I want to let you know that in the coming weeks, we have locked down Black Machismo, um, Jay Lethal. I know he doesn't go by that anymore, but it'll always be Black Machismo to me. And um, also Teddy Long, WWE Hall of Famer. What a story that him, he started out uh, basically um, taking ring jackets and setting up the ring, worked his way, you know, working hard uh, as a referee and then as manager, and then um, WWE is a personality and, and found his way into the WWE Hall of Fame. So definitely a cool story. Um, also, we will be talking to the week before Bound for Glory. We will be talking to EC3 uh, about his uh, last few years in the wrestling business and uh, his take on, on the landscape of uh, wrestling in the WWE and now being a free agent in the world of professional wrestling. So lots of great guests coming up. We got more than that. Uh, I believe we're going to try to set something up with Colt Cabana as well with AEW. So, uh, so jot that down and uh, be sure to spread the word. You can follow me at Twitter on Twitter at David Penzer, all one word at David Penzer, no arguing. It's only the best of Twitter. No, no arguments, no calling people names, no politics. We just have fun. And uh, that's the way really it should be. So, ladies and gentlemen, as I always say, without further ado, please welcome my guest this week on City Ringside. We are going to find out whatever happened to Air Paris. My guest this week is an old friend who I recently caught up with a couple of times and uh, after about 25 years and wanted to have him on to tell his story on City Ringside. This week on City Ringside, we tell the story, whatever happened to Air Paris. Air Paris, welcome. Hey, man, thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate it. No, I was wondering for the longest time what happened to you. And then uh, then I was up in Atlanta to do the, the impact tapings right before the COVID craziness hit. And there you <laughs> were. I, I, I don't even know. How, why was I in the audience? Oh, you, it was before the show I was out in the, audience, in, in the, in the area and, uh, and you were there. Uh, it's amazing. After 25 years, they still let you in before the fans. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, that's a that just shows you how much pull uh, Ross has everywhere he goes. <laughs> no, man, it was it was great to be there, and and I'll tell you, Impact. Um, everybody was so kind to us and treated me and my my wife and my daughter extremely well, and it was good to see you. I mean, it's been it's only been like 20 something years, like you said, and and it's just like uh, it was just like a family reunion. Everybody was just so gracious to us and i really yeah. appreciate it and we'll talk later on about talking shop mania where you did make a brief cameo but we'll talk about <laughs> that later uh usually i start at the beginning uh this uh episode i'm going to start somewhere towards the end uh and this is a true story back in 2001 <laughs> terry taylor was in charge of talent relations i was his assistant for world championship wrestling we used to get believe it or not vtr tapes videotapes um <laughs> sent to us from talent looking for jobs. And one day I was sitting in the, the office and Terry said, let's watch some videotapes. And we turned on one. Uh, we had been hearing a little bit about a couple of guys that were having a feud with each other up in uh, the North Georgia for the NWA for Bill Barron's. And uh, we put the tape in and we were blown away. And we both decided, even though it was Terry Taylor's decision, not mine, but we both decided that we <laughs> needed to bring you guys in. 
and ended up making you a tag team. Uh, one of the two people was uh, the phenomenal AJ Styles. You know what he's gone on and done in his career. And the other person, my guest this week, Air Paris, was you, and you went away. And I just think it's an interesting story. Uh, both super talented guys, both uh, uh, could do things that nobody at the time had ever seen before. This was before, except for maybe like Rey Mysterio type stuff. But even you guys were more gymnastic stuff, especially um, you and AJ. Right. Did. Then, uh, yeah, Ray, yeah, absolutely. Ray was more of a high flyer, but um, so we brought you in about what what happened to be about uh, uh, three or four months before the cl- the close of WCW and the sale to Vince McMahon, and they called you Air Raid, Air Paris, and Air Styles uh, is what we ended up with, and and then after WCW went out of business, we know one person's story, and we don't know the other. So th- welcome to City Ringside <laughs> to tell your story. <clears throat> Man, uh, again, I really appreciate you guys having me. Um, yeah, WCW was it was a cool thing, man. Um, I actually started with with the company doing extra or enhancement work and security stuff uh, in the first show of two thousand. Um, I was being sent up by Bill and by Burt Prentice and getting to do those basically every week. I think I only missed two or three of those, but um, yeah, once um, Terry and you guys took notice of me and Alan, and we actually got a chance to, to get, get a dark match. Um, we did one. Um, and I know a lot of guys who did a lot, a lot of those and, and didn't get picked up. So um, I guess the one we did was good enough. And, and uh, you guys did bring us in. Um, man, WCW was one of those things. that was uh, I, I tell people a lot of times that 21 year old people should never be able to make their own decisions. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, you know, I felt like, you know, because I'd been wrestling since I was 14 um, in small little Indies in North Georgia, I felt like I'd, you know, traveled this long, hard road to get to this, this major company. And I was, I was 21 years old and I'd already had a contract with, you know, with WCW, which was, I mean, that's the promised land for, for wrestling, you know, back in the day. Um but yeah, once the company got bought out and 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 we uh, we did, of course didn't get picked up, we weren't one of the. Well, hold, hold on, before we get to that to the, to the meat as, of the story, now let's okay. go back to the beginning of the story. I didn't realize you started when you were fourteen years old. Um, I'm assuming then you grew up <laughs> a fan of professional wrestling. Absolutely, man. Uh, my great grandfather was one of those guys. He would sit in his overalls in front of the TV and and scream at the heels and and cheer for baby faces coming out of his his old you know his recliner there. So um, from an early age uh, in diapers, I would I would guess I was I was you know already introduced to pro wrestling. It's one of those things that once it gets its it claws into you, you can't really get it out of you. As well, I'm as twenty 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 showing us that right. Trust me, since I'm, I'm 54 now, since I was 11, I've been obsessed with it. Um, it's funny, my wife's uh, grandfather, who's lot, since passed, uh, same thing up in uh, uh, the Maritimes in Canada. He would uh, he sat in his uh, in his in his lazy boy chair uh, and nobody could talk for an hour every Saturday. Uh, and uh, he had a cane and he would yell at the get so mad when the heels uh, got over and so happy when the baby faces won. And uh, those times are different now, but uh, interesting nonetheless. Um, so were you watching uh, Georgia championship wrestling or was that a little, was that when uh, NWA was on Turner? I, you know, I feel like it was NWA because the first memory I have of pro wrestling and, and uh, you know, we all know how memories are. They're all kind of just foggy sometimes. But the first memory I have is the Rock and Roll Express. And I want to say the Midnight Express, but it could be the Russians. It's one of those things. But, you know, Ricky and Robert were so over that um, they jumped off the screen. These guys were, even though, you know, they weren't the biggest guys in the 
in the world, they just jumped off the screen, this charisma and this, this personality, man, that, that energy just, it just sucked me right through the television set. It's amazing. You go back now and every once in a while on Twitter, it'll something will pop up an old rock and roll express, uh, midnight express match from, um, one of the arenas in, in, you know, probably 1986, 1987, uh, at the height of the rock and roll express mania, so to speak. And, um, and man, they they the the building would be packed to the rafters. They would be mostly women, <laughs> mostly women. And um, you'd think Elvis Presley or you know uh, I, I guess the modern uh, comparison to Paul McCartney, the Beatles. I, I don't know who you even sure. compare it to. Where we're coming out, uh, the the reactions and 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 I didn't even remember it until I saw it recently on Twitter. But there's literally like eight security guards or 10 security guards. And cause this is, there was no rails back then. You just, yeah. they just had a little section where you walked down. So, you know, literally they would surround Ricky and Robert and, you know, they were getting their hair pulled and they're, and then, and then not in a negative way, they're getting their, their shirts ripped and, and, and all that stuff. And that was just during the show. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Those guys I, I, were I mean, I, rock stars. I talk, yeah. I've talked to Ricky Morton on this podcast and we're going to have Robert on soon about, some of the craziness that went on after the show was over, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> I figured you'd save that for the book. There is never going to be a book. <laughs> you got to listen to City Ringside each and every week, wherever podcasts are found. <laughs> um, who trained you, or did you kind of train yourself at 14? Uh, no, man. To be honest, uh, when I was about nine years old, my sister was married to a guy who was nobody you've ever heard of, but he was just a local wrestler. And I was that little kid that kind of just wanted to be around wrestling. So um, when they were taking a break or whatever, I would climb in the ring and try to climb up the ropes and jump off and do that kind of stuff. And um, I just sort of I, I wasn't I was sort of fearless. You know how kids are, you know, uh, at 41, I'm afraid to take a bump now. But at, at nine years old, I'd take a backdrop. Um, so I was just I was like a crash test dummy. And uh, fast forward to uh, September 25th in 1993. And um, they needed a crash test dummy to get beat at a show in front of about 10 people. I think eight of them were family. And um, and so that was my my glorious debut in front of about two actual possibly paying fans. So, so how, uh, well, that's more fans than we have in the arenas these days, but that's a whole different story. Uh, and that's not because people don't want to be there, but, um, so when did you meet up with Bill Barron's? I think that's when your career kind of took off. If I'm correct. Uh, if not, please correct me if I'm wrong. No, absolutely. No, Bill is one of those guys. Um, I, and to this day, if I, if I need anything, Bill's one of the people I know I can always count on. Um, Bill, Bill dealt with a lot of, of, of good air pairs and bad air pairs too. Once, you know, once WCW went away and stuff, I kind of uh, lost, uh, lost a bit of my head for the business, but that we'll get to that, I guess, in a bit. Um, I ran across Bill, I want to say around 1998, 99, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, I had been working some shows in Music City Wrestling. David Young had gotten me booked up there in, in Nashville. Sure. Um, and then and then I started working for Bill. I think the first couple of shows I did for him were in a, a flea market in uh, like Loganville, Georgia. Uh, Bill's one of those guys, and I've, I've said this before, but it, it, if you have talent and and he believes in you and, and you'll work hard, um, nobody will work harder to to get you where you can be or make you a star than Bill Barron. But he, he expects that much effort back out of you. And he made his money, from what I remember, 
syndicating, even like, you know, the Wild Side show, which was in a small barn. And, and although it had some great uh, wrestling matches, it was it yep. wasn't anything. But he would syndicate that around the world into different local stations. And that was how he made a living. Correct. Yeah, Bill, I think his, his dad was a, a syndicator to begin with and a, and a TV pitchman and stuff like that. Um, it's funny mentioning Wildside being, we filmed that in a little, like it was basically an old abandoned church building, just uh, like a, a tinderbox of an old church. Yeah, I was there a couple times. Yeah. I was there a couple but, times. I Actually, I did an angle. <laughs> Bill, you know, after WCW was over and everybody had their severance or their payout or whatever, um, mm-hmm. you know, you start getting that itch again, you know, and there wasn't Absolutely. really much going on. So, but I'm already getting paid. So Bill would have different talent. I'm, Jeremy Borash would go up there and, and, and do some stuff. And Ed Farrar was going up there and doing some stuff. And Bill called me and said, hey, you want to come up and, and ring announce? And I'm like, not really. And, you know, it's like an hour and 40 minutes from my house. And <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to get paid, but I said, Bill, I'll tell you what. I said, I'll tell you, I don't know if I ever told the story. I said, I'll tell you what, you bring me up there and you let me be a heel. This big old big time ring announcer coming to wild side to take the job <laughs> of, uh, what was the guy's name? Dan, Dan Wilson, uh, Dan, Dan Dragon Wilson. Wilson. Yes. Yep. And I said, uh, we'll do two, 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 uh, Two show deal, uh, and I'll manage somebody. Dan Wilson can manage somebody. The winner of that match, whoever the manager is, gets to be the uh, the ring announcer at Wildside. And basically, obviously, it's not going to be me. Um, so Bill said, "All right, come on up." So I went there, and uh, yeah, you're right. It's uh, it's a little old shack. Um, and the funny part is, I thought that was lost forever. And Dan Wilson actually found one of the one wow. of the promos, the promo I cut on him when I came out and put it on Twitter. And I sent it to Scott Demore, even my son, my 25 year old son who loves to, you know, even if I do something cool, loves to say, oh, you think you're a big star. <clears throat> you're, you're nobody. You know, you know how the father something is. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, uh, well, the sons are more brutal. The daughters are are, are, are nicer, I think. Um, I don't have any daughters, so I wouldn't know, but that's what I hear. But yet he actually put it on Twitter and it blew me away. And I sent it out. Even my son was like, all right, I usually give you a hard time. I can't lie. That's like one of the greatest things I've ever seen. I'm that, gonna, so cool. Yeah. I'm going to put it on Twitter. Are you on Twitter at all? Absolutely. I'm going to put it on yeah. Twitter and tag you. Uh and uh, let me know what you think. But uh, Scott Demore is blown away. He was like, oh, my God, that's I just got to have the time of my life. And uh, the execution ended up great. So anyway, I wasn't that building. But this podcast is about you this week. So I apologize. But uh, no, you're good, man. So, no, that, yeah, that little building, man, even though it was just a, you know, just a little wood shack, like you said, out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, everybody from I mean, AJ's started there to Dusty Rhodes wrestled in that building. So, um, you know, those syndicated tapes, man, really cool. Uh, I get people all the time now since I've sort of, I, I guess, dipped my toes back in the, the wrestling world a bit, just kind of being embracing it once again. But uh, I get people who will say, hey, uh, you know, I, I would stay up till 2 a.m. on Saturday night to watch Wildside because you guys were the best thing, that you know, in pro wrestling at that time, which is, you know, is being extremely kind. But um, or, hey, you know, Wednesdays at 4 a.m., I, I would I'd tape Wildside and then watch it when I got home from school or something like that. So even though we were a tiny little um, a tiny little spot in the middle of nowhere, there was a pretty good reach on that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, tell me about the first time you met AJ Styles or Alan, as you call him, because that's his name. Uh, 
Yeah, man, I'll be honest with you. Uh, he was he was one of the guys on the show when I, I first came to, to Wildside. I'd been a, a Music City guy, so I was one of the Nashville guys. And Wildside was more of a work rate territory. I mean, everybody was super talented, super athletic, and could do tons of stuff. Um, and I was used to the the Tennessee the song and dance style, you know, the the Nashville, Memphis, Jerry Lawler, tell a story, yep. um, less is more kind of style. So when I first got there, I sort of think I had to prove myself to a lot of those folks. Um, and there were guys that could outrun me, you know, a uh, hundred times over Jason Cross, John Phoenix, Adam Jacobs, all those guys that were there. I was fortunate to work with those guys. Um, AJ was one of those guys that when you just, when you meet him, you kind of know he, he's, he's got something extra. Um, I, I, I've never met the rock, but I assume that when he first walked in to, uh, to meet with Jim Ross, that he sort of has that aura about him. And you just know this guy's going to be somebody. And that's pretty much how it was with AJ, man. Um, they Bill put us in a match together one night. Um, honestly, uh, there's not a, a whole lot of folks I ever had bad chemistry. I felt like with I never had a, just a, a ton of bad matches with any one person. But um, as soon as you lock up and and stuff just feels right and and, and it and it works, man. That's one of those things that we had. How long was your uh, was your little feud before uh, we 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 made you a tag team? Oh my God, it felt it like a, forever. It was like a year <laughs> or so, right? Yeah, it was a long time, and we did every sort of uh, turn we could do. I think I was babyface first, and then we swapped. No, uh, he was heel first. Either way, we worked babyface, heel, tag, six-mans, uh, every sort of uh, drop that we could get out of that feud we did. But it was it was so much fun. The matches were always new. Um, Alan always trusted me to, to call stuff. At that time, he was super, super new to the business. I don't like to say green because he could do anything. Um, and you didn't have to really teach him anything. Uh, green implies that somebody's not not ready or whatever. But, um, you know, he was still so new that he, he trusted me to kind of put stuff together and, and knew I wouldn't make, you know, him or I either one look bad. Um, but, yeah, I think I think for about probably a year we were, we were wrestling. And then all of a sudden people turn on, you know, the, the folks who did get wild side turned on their television and were a tag team. Yeah, we didn't we didn't try to make any sense of that at that point. You know, we're just a new tag team and uh, and, and put you guys together. Uh, but I'm sure for the people that have watched Wildside for a, for a year with no uh, with no conclusion to the feud, they're like, uh, what the hell just happened? We but, went uh, back and paid it off for Bill, though. We went, we actually went uh, back and did a, a thing for him and finished it off. I'm sure you did. Um, do you do you still talk to Bill? I know AJ does. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bill's one of those people I reach out to at least once a week or so, just to touch wow. base. And yeah, man, I I could never thank Bill Barons enough for the the all the help and and the, and just the positive influence that he's been on me overall. You know, uh, never had a, a great relationship with my real dad, so my stepdad's has been uh, was a, he's my real dad since I was about six, and then Bill's Bill's number two in line right there. And most people, I don't know who knows this, but a lot of people probably don't know this, but at least up until recent years, Bill was, I don't know how it is in WWE, uh, but until recent years, Bill has been uh, AJ's longtime uh, manager, correct? Yeah, yeah, our agent, um, I guess is the term he uses agent, sometimes. Yeah. yeah, he just, and he reps a lot of folks, man, through uh, Show Business Inc. is his, is his booking agency. I think it's sbibookings.com. Yeah, you, uh, can Bill, even you, book, you can even book me through there, but <laughs> you guys, the phone doesn't ring very often for me. I'll give you guys my PayPal for that free plug here in just a little bit. But yeah, I mean, he reps tons of guys. Bill's one of those guys. Again, um, if you've got talent and you're willing to work and he'll put in the work to make sure you're out there uh, getting paid and, and doing what you want to do. 
So let's get to WCW. Um, I cut you off. You were talking about you guys did a dark match. I'm assuming Terry Taylor called you, or maybe Terry Taylor called Bill, and Bill called you. Probably sounds like the probably the way it happened. Um, but uh, did you guys? We they got you guys got signed to a contract, correct? Yeah, we did a we did our dark match, and I, I, man, maybe you know somebody who has a tape of it. I don't know if anybody was videotaping any of that stuff back in the day, but um, ours was the Nitro the day after the Giants beat the Ravens in the Super Bowl, and we were actually in Baltimore that night. So, um, got our dark match. I believe it was uh, probably you and Terry and uh, Jeremy Borash and Bob Ryder both were pulling for us a, a lot as well because I think they were running short on time and. Uh, I, if I recall correctly, and again, memories can be a bit hazy 20 years later, but I want to say that Borash and Bob went to um, went to the, the leadership and said, hey, give these guys like seven minutes and they'll they'll knock your socks off. Um, so no, no pressure at that point. We've got seven minutes and we had to we had to knock their socks off. Yeah, I remember. Actually, now that you mentioned that, I do remember that time was tight and it was it was really a spot fest. Uh, but, uh, you know, hey, it was an audition and that, that's what you got to do. Um, yes, sir. So when did you hear back afterwards that, uh, that they, that the company was interested in hiring you? Um, we actually, it was Wednesday or Thursday of that same week. We did a show in Athens, Georgia for Bill, uh, a wild side show in the middle of a bar. And, and we got, a uh, I guess Bill got a call and let us know that we were going to be getting FedEx packages. So yeah, they offered us a deal. Um, just the craziest, coolest biggest moment of a, of a 21 year old me and, and, and probably a 23 year old AJ's life at that point. Um, and it, yeah, get this contract and we open it up and it's the absolute lowest, lowest deal. I think WCW offered anybody. I think Ralph has probably made more money than we did. Would you, would you dare say how much the deal was for? Oh, absolutely. Because we actually turned the first one down. So, uh, <laughs> we turned the first one down, um, which is nerve wracking. You know, like I said, 21 year olds, uh, don't ever let them make their own choices. Cause I was ready to just sign it and send it back. And Bill's like, no, 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 no. We gotta, we gotta make sure you guys get a little bit more out of this. So the first deal they sent us was, I believe 300 nightly and $500 a week. So I, I've not done the math on that. Just based was it? $27,000 a year or something like that. Um, 26,000. Yeah. And then, uh, of course the nightly deal and that's, you know, the nightly, we got that upped as well with the, with the rework of the contracts and, and thankfully Terry would let us work for bill two or three nights a week. And then we were on the, you know, at least at the TV. So we did, we did fairly well for the, the, the month or so that we were allowed to do those contracts. Yeah, if you remember correctly, there was a cruiserweight tag team division, and uh, mm-hmm. you guys were going to be major players. I, I I can't swear it up and down that you guys were going to win the titles, but I mean that was certainly the end game for, uh, as far as not the end game, but that was certainly the payoff for you guys as far as in my mind and Terry's mind. Although we didn't have control at the end, uh, so that'll make you feel even better. Um, oh wow! So you guys come up, you do a month, and some of those matches are on YouTube. If you if you have not seen them, I don't, I can't speak for the dark match, but uh, do you remember who the dark match was against? No, it was me against AJ. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, I believe it was the same. No, you're good, man. I believe it was the same night that uh, uh, we did the the gimmick where Paige was doing the book signing. And uh, me and Alan were in the we were in the the line waiting to get our book signed, and then we start arguing. Like it pops up on Twitter all the time. It's and people mark out that it's AJ um, as DDP's biggest fan, but he comes over. I think I got him arrested for uh, 
for Flair and Jared or something like that. And then once we did that pre-tape, we had to run and get dressed and then go do a, a seven-minute dark match with, with no pressure at all, just jobs on the line, right? So that's even more confusing to the wild side fans at home. <laughs> you guys were in the midst of, of, of a one-year feud, baby face heel, changing back and forth, all kinds of matches, crazy matches. Then and and then the week before they happened to see you guys together in a line and AJ got arrested for being a, uh, the biggest fan. And then the next couple of weeks later, you guys are a tag team on WCW. That gotta love it. Hey, that's why you gotta love this business. <laughs> gotta love this business. Yeah, man, pro wrestling, there's there's nothing else like it. So WCW goes out of business. How'd you find out? I was in I actually we got left off the last uh the last week of TV. Um and so I got offered a, a week of indie bookings in California. And, you know, of course I went to Bill and, and asked him what to do. And at that point our contracts were basically we knew we weren't getting picked up. Um so he said, Hey, go do it. This is guaranteed money. Um, there's no reason not to. Got a message to call Johnny Ace, kind of knew what was coming. Um, he, he, uh, we touched base and he let me know that, that we didn't get picked up, of course, but hey, give me six months in the company and, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you guys up there. I love you guys. Uh, you know, I appreciate you. You're, you guys are my guys. No, no worries. Just give me six months. Now I've seen, I've seen that AJ's on WWE now. So at some point, I guess my call's gotta be coming because uh, <laughs> he actually, he, uh, it only, it, it, it's only taken me, you know, 20 years, but I, I assume that at some point I'm still going to get that call. You know, good old Johnny Ace. He means well, he really does. But uh, he was such an, he was such a nice man as well. And, you know, and, and going back, I, I need to give a lot of credit to Terry Taylor as well. Terry was just, Terry's one of those guys, man. Um, if he liked you, he liked you. Um, if you were good, he would tell you, he would tell you what you did right, what you did wrong. Yep. If you did something, if you did something that sucked, Terry would let you know in, in no uncertain terms. But that's one of the things that I always liked and respected so much about him was that he wasn't going to tell you something and then go, and tell somebody else something differently. Um, so yeah, Terry Taylor was uh, absolutely the, you know, the reason that we got contracts and even the chance to be there so much. So, uh, I know a lot of folks don't thank Terry or give him the the props that he deserves, but, uh, a hundred percent he's, he's, he's made a lot of folks, um, careers and Johnny Ace was great to me too. When he was there, I mean, nothing but a professional, super nice guy. I just, I just like to make the joke that maybe, you know, we're only 19 years and six months in. So, Hopefully I'll, that, that call is still coming at some point. Well, in all fairness, him and JR t- said I was going to be the WCW ring announcer, but then WCW and WWE didn't work out so well. So uh, when they when they g- decided not to have WCW as a separate brand, there was no need for, uh, for a ring announcer. There certainly was probably no need for uh, a cruiserweight tag team champions, which I'm sure Vince, even to this day, would probably puke at. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> I know how tough it was for me, you know, got to live my dream and, and live in my dream and doing this stuff. And then all of a sudden uh, it goes away and, and you're, you're, le- I, I don't know what's worse. I don't know if it's worse that I was there through all the good stuff. And then, uh, and then was there at the end, or if it would have been worse if I got my dream job, you know, a month before and then found out the company, you know, that's a, that's a hell of an emotional roller coaster. Talk, talk to me about that. Yeah, it absolutely is. And, and I mean, you know, you, man, you're a part of wrestling history. Um, I'm probably at best a footnote. Thank, thank goodness that I'm, if I was going to be forever attached to somebody, um, it's, it's AJ, it's somebody with good character, uh, turned out to be the, the best wrestler of the past 20 years. Um, and somebody that my kid can, can enjoy and look up to and be around. And, and I don't have to worry about her being exposed to, you know, anything that's, that's not, 
upstanding is the best way I'll put it. Um, but yeah, uh, going back to that conversation with Johnny, um, the, the part that really bummed me out, I guess the most was when he told us the, that the last day of our contract was on May the 11th. Um, and, and that was actually my birthday. So the very last day of, of our, my first contract or only contract, um, this big dream that I feel like I'd, you know, again, it was only six, seven years in, um, uh, but this really long, hard road that I'd worked to get to uh, in my 21 year old mistake making mine. Um, and it all went away on my birthday. So I did what every, um, logical thinking, a 21 year old pro wrestler does. And I, I, I sulked up and I pouted and I thought wrestling owed me. Um, and I, I basically, uh, turned my back away from the business as hard as I could. And just, I started following a rock band around the country, to be honest with you. Um, man, if I had to, if I had to sort of sum it up for you though, the, you had all those, you have all those great memories, you know, um, that's, that's a lifetime of, 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 of stuff to look back on, man. Um, if I had to pinpoint one thing that was uh, most um, harmful or disastrous for, for me as a pro wrestler or what a little career I had, um, it would have to be getting a contract with WCW. I know a lot of folks think that that's, that's the pinnacle and, and, and there's no way that could be a bad thing. But at 20 years old, 21 years old, I was super hungry. I was wrestling every night of the week as often as I could doing double shots on the weekends. And I wanted to be a wrestler. I was trying to get to that point. Um, once I got to that point, even though it was such a short time and it got pulled out from under me, it just completely, it was, it was devastating. I had absolutely no drive or, or love for pro wrestling for a long time. What was the band out of curiosity? Uh, it's a little uh, jam band out of Athens, Georgia named widespread panic. Oh, I've heard a little jam band. <laughs> Did, so were you like, a, were you like a roadie for them? No, no, I, I was just, uh, uh, David Young tells me I'm a groupie because I've seen him so many times, but no, nah, man, I just, uh, I went and saw him once and they're one of those bands that they never play the same show twice. So, um, 20 years later, I've seen them somewhere around 200, 230 or 40 times. I somewhere in that neighborhood, I, I kind of lost count after 150 or so. Right. Yeah. They're like a modern day grateful dead for sure. Absolutely. Just a little more, um, kick in the pants They're They got a little more Southern rock to them. So. No, no, I didn't mean the music. I meant, you know, that's never the same set twice. They oh, have yep. people that follow them all around and sort of become, uh, you know, like a family, so to speak. Yep. Um, when, when, so we all know what happened to AJ. He went to my XWF. I didn't own it, but I worked there and that <laughs> we never got that off the ground. So uh, he ended up going to TNA. Did, did mm -hmm. you have an opportunity to go to TNA? NWA TNA is what they call it at the time when it started. I, w I was never offered anything formally, but Borash and uh, and Bob Ryder and Bill were all uh, trying to pull my head out of my rear end um, and just get me back on track. Even AJ, AJ as well. AJ told me, he said, man, if we just, you know, we're a tag team, we got a little bit of TV time, even though it was small, you know, a month on, you know, national and worldwide television, that's a lot of TV time, even though it was, you know, not featured. Um, he's like, man, let's, let's just keep pushing, keep pushing. We've got this. And, and I just completely... Um, I, I had zero drive for pro wrestling. Wow. So, um, so at that point, other than follow the widespread panic around, what do you do? <laughs> you have to live your life. You, everything you've been working for, for seven years, since you're 14 years old, you, you no longer <laughs> have a passion for, uh, you know, what, what how, how do you get back on track? Because a lot of people would go down, uh, you know, a path that, 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 you know, you're not, you're not around very long. If you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And you know what? Um, I, 
I'm uh, an open book. I don't. I try not to talk too much. I try not to get too adult on anything, of course, because I've got two little girls. But and they love wrestling and hearing me talk about it. So I just want to say, hey, to Perry and Piper, they'll they'll appreciate that. They're they're marks for themselves. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, man, it's one of those things. I, I probably drank a bit more than I should, and and kind of just. Did hell, hell, I, hell, I still do that. <laughs> no doubt. But yeah, I just, man, I just did everything I could to take my attention away from wrestling. Um, I, I guess 2005, I started getting sort of pulled back into it and started doing some indie dates. I ended up wrestling Jerry Lawler. Um, we, we did a show here in Rome, Georgia, and, and I got to work with Lawler, which was just a dream come true. Um, and that sort of pulled me back in a little bit. And I actually ended up promoting some shows up in Northern Georgia as well. And it was basically like wrestling fantasy camp for me. I brought a uh, Rick and Scott in and, and, you know, wrestling the Steiners was cool. And, um, Nash worked for me. I used, uh, AJ, um, a lot of the, the TNA knockouts worked for me, Ron Simmons and just tons of folks, man. It was basically, like I said, wrestling fantasy camp. And that, that really kind of brought me back around to where I, I didn't feel such, um, and I don't resentment's probably not the right word, but such, uh, uh Maybe I'll, I'll say resentment towards pro wrestling, but it, I never resented the business. I just, that, you know, I, I think I felt like I was owed more, which is it's so dumb to say and even hear myself say. But um, at 21, I felt like I was owed a, owed a whole bunch. I have a 25 year old son and a 23 year old son that uh, both went through that age group. And it's, it's not a st- stupid thing to say that when you're that age, you think the the, the world is your oyster and, uh, yep. and everything that everything that you want, you should get because that it's owed to you. So, uh, yep. Hey, um, at that point, once you got kind of back in the business, I'm curious why, uh, you know, by that time, the phenomenal AJ styles was a pretty big deal in, uh, in, in TNA and, um, I believe they're on Spike TV at the time. What yeah. did you try to reconnect with him? Did you ever have a tryout with TNA Wrestling, or just uh, and if not, why? Man, I never did. And it's one of those things where um, when I finally did come back around to wrestling, I wasn't. You know, I mean, you know, the only way to be in ring shape is to wrestle. Uh, you got to do it, and you have to do it often. You have to do it a lot. Um, and and I I never got myself back into ring shape. I man, I gained a ton of weight as well. Um, just like a couple of years ago, I was 249 pounds. Um, and finally I saw a photo of myself and I was like, dude, you gotta, you gotta get your head out of your rear end. So dropped all that weight back down to my, my fighting weight. But yeah, I just wasn't in ring shape. My confidence was shot. Um, I, I wasn't that, uh, I, I didn't feel like anything was owed to me at that point. I felt like I owed, I guess, everything back to wrestling. Um, just, just zero confidence, man. It's one of those things, you know, if your confidence ever gets broken, I mean, there was even, there's even legendary stories about, I mean, Ric Flair and I was, you know, I couldn't even carry his bags, but, um, if, if Ric Flair can have his confidence shaken and and lose it, then it can happen to anybody. And, And I was, I was definitely, definitely one of those folks, man. I, once I lost my confidence in it, I just, I could not get it back. So you're here, you have a family, you have, is, is Piper named after Roddy? No, but it's funny, but she is my rowdy one. Um, my, my first daughter, Perry, um, uh, Perry Paris, of course, that, that's my, my shoot name, brother, uh, brother, brother. Um, but yeah, so we had Perry and, uh, we thought it was cool and we kind of wanted to stick with the, the P names. Um, and when we found out we were having a girl, we, Piper was the only name that me and my wife, Suzanne could, uh, could come up with that we both, both appreciated. So they, they sound like a great tag team, Perry and Piper Paris. Um, <laughs> there you go. 
But when they when they get to the age, my my daughter Perry's in third grade now. When she realizes that her initials are PP, she's probably going to be pissed at me. <laughs> yeah, it's cruel. It's a cruel world out there when you're that age. Um, so my point in all this was saying you survived. You you know you you didn't you know you, you got over the 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 bitterness of the wrestling. And so what, what did you do? What what is your what is your trade? What do you do? Um, I am a licensed optician. I sell eyeglasses for a living. I didn't know the answer to that, and I would have never in a million years yeah. thought that would be the answer. Holy crap! Yep, um, yep. And and I won't go in. I won't mention any names, of course. But yeah, I've I've worked with a a large large chain for a long time, and I sell eyeglasses for a living. I've got a great job. I'm two miles from my house. Uh, you know, I make my own schedule. I, I make money that keeps my family comfortable. We're you know we live you know we're not rich, but we do we do well enough to, to all be really happy. So, and I don't have to miss all the stuff that my kid does. So if she's cheerleading at a football game on Saturday morning. I can, I can take off. Um, if she's, you know, playing softball, then, then I can, I can do all those things that, um, that I, I try to be the best dad I can be. I may not ever be a great wrestler again or, or the best son or husband or, or whatever, but, uh, being a great dad, is something I really, I try every single day to do. That'll get your head back on straight, man. Dropping a kid in your lap uh, will certainly do that for sure. Uh, it was It's an experience until you go through it that you can't imagine. But, um, hey, um, when, do, I'm assuming that you stayed in touch with AJ the whole time, even when you were uh, traveling with the uh, with widespread panic? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, we, and we still, you know, we get that question a lot where folk, I guess folks think that because he's such a huge star now that he's forgotten everybody that, that he came no, up that with. Ain't, but that's not AJ. Absolutely not. And I got a cool story. If you don't, if you don't mind me telling it real that's quick, why you're here. Um, you know, he's always takes time to spend with my kids. She's the biggest, you know, AJ fan in the world. Like she's got basically every action figure and she has gloves signed and wristbands. And you know, she's, a, she's like kind of like for herself. She's a big mark for AJ, but, um, they did a house show in Chattanooga and, um, we went and, and she got to go backstage and, and take some photos with him and all that. And she thought that was super cool. And he, you know, he's like, Hey, send me a picture of where your seats are. Um, so fast forward to, uh, a, a little bit later on, he, he finishes the main event and, and he comes running back and grabs her and says, come on girl. And runs her to the ring. This is when he's WWE um, champion. And puts my my at this time like six year old daughter in in the middle of the ring in the 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 arena in Chattanooga and lets her hold up the WWE World Championship, like how cool is that? Like as a kid, I I was I never got to go to like a, a local wrestling show and my six year old's in the middle of a WWE ring holding up the world title. That's one of those things, man. He told me that day because I'd actually paid for tickets. Um, and he, he, he told me, he said, man, he said, uh, you know, I, I never forget people who helped me or where I came from. He's one, you know, he's just that genuine of a guy, same guy, just a, a whole lot yeah. bigger profile now. Um, yeah, so he's like, man, yeah, for sure. You were back following wrestling when he made his move from new Japan to uh, WWE, right? Absolutely. I was watching the rumble the night that, uh, that he debuted and, and we all just completely came unglued. Uh, it was, did I, you know, I, um, I, I think the <laughs> I, I think the statute of limitations has run out on this. So I texted Bill and said, "Bill, do I need to watch this Royal Rumble or not?" Because <laughs> it was sort of the scuttlebutt. I wasn't gonna, you know, I wasn't gonna ask AJ or anybody because I, I didn't want him to breach any kind of a uh, NDA or anything. But I said, "Bill, should I watch this whole pay per view or am I wasting my time?" And he said, "You should probably watch it." So, um, you know. Uh, 
call back to earlier, but I, I probably looked a lot like my great, my great grandfather. I, I came out of the chair screaming and cheering, <laughs> dude. It was just, that's one of those moments that anybody that knows AJ is so happy for him and his family and the way that crowd reacted, I doubt he would admit to it, but the look in his eyes it, when that crowd just completely lost their minds for him, he looked like he was pretty close to throwing up or just <laughs> freaking out, man. And it was just one of those moments, man, where I just swelled up with pride. And I was like, you know, that's, that's the dude that we all knew was going to be somebody. And just uh, unbelievable, like not, not just pride for him and, and happiness for him and his family. Just so cool, man. So cool. I wanted him to win the rumble that night. I thought he should have, I thought it'd been a, I, I thought he uh, was a, going a, a cool deal. He's, he's still got to win one. So, um, yeah, that may be coming anytime. So, so uh, let me ask you a question because uh, everybody that follows WWE knows that you know Vince gets cold feet. Especially he's a size matters guy. Uh, mm-hmm. AJ's not the, the, the biggest guy in the world, although he has the most talent probably of anybody. Um, sure. Were you surprised at how 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 strong they went with him? Because I'll tell you no. what I was. Uh, see, I was no, no, not at all. He's he's undeniable. He's one of those folks, man. Um, uh, you know, if you're if you're good enough, they can't tell you no. It doesn't matter. Uh, you just take away. It's one of those things. With, like with my kids, man, I try to take away all their excuses to where we get down to to whatever issues at hand. But um, AJ is just so talented, and and he's one of those guys, man. He's special. He just they, there's no way they could tell him no and justify it. So no, not at all. Not at all surprised, man. He's you know he's he's getting everything that he deserves and more and. Honestly, the only thing that uh, that I tell people about him too is that he's a better person than he is a like he's a better human being than he is a pro wrestler, and he just happens to be one of the probably three or four greatest pro wrestlers of all time. So that says a lot about who he is, man. Just undeniable, great dude. It's, deserves it's everything. Real, it's really hard not to be full of yourself, and I can speak from experience in WCW, and all I was was a damn ring announcer. It is really hard <laughs> not to get full of yourself. When people are asking you for photos and asking you for autographs and now with Twitter, you know, all these Twitter followers, it's really hard. And I will say this, uh, AJ Styles, I've I've seen him as recently as about a year and a half ago, has never gotten full of himself. He always when I see him and we were never buddies like you guys were, but he always gives me a hug. Always ask me how my family's doing. Ask him the same. Never got full of himself. And and that that is amazing because they're look, I'm being honest with you. Most of the guys at some point. They were full of themselves, or they are full of themselves. They might be nicely full of themselves, but they, you know, egos are, are a strange thing. Um, how did you end up at the Gallows Compound at uh, Talking Shop <laughs> Mania? You must be spending a little bit more time around the business these days. Uh, yeah, man. Um, that was that was just Gallows being a, a good brother's not a tagline, man. I feel like I'm just putting everybody over, but uh, thankfully I've been blessed to be around some really, honestly, just good folks, man. And he he was he mentioned the. Uh, the talking shop of mania to me and said, Hey man, we think it'd be cool if you did a cameo and that, that self-confidence gap that I have started creeping in on me. But you know, I thought, man, this is a once in a lifetime chance for me to be around wrestling and be, I I was never on pay-per-view for WCW. Um, so, you know, at least in some iteration in 2020, I I made my, my pay-per-view debut and it just, man, just so fun. Uh, thankful that he asked me and, and those guys treated me well. That was a, that was a pretty fun day, man. I just sort of tried to hang out in the corner and stay out of everybody's way, but everybody was just, just man, how how funny was that though? 
Oh, it's hilarious. Wa- other than the heat, <laughs> I, I will say other than the heat, how hot it was, it was, like, <laughs> yes. it was probably the most enjoyable thing I've ever done in this business. It was a blast. Everybody Absolutely. was on the same page and and just, uh, you know, laughing out loud at, at all the crazy stuff they were doing <laughs> and it came off so so great on uh, on pay-per-view. I'm so happy for them and I'm sure they'll be Absolutely. doing another one. So uh, maybe, uh, I don't know if I'm coming back, but maybe uh, you'll get to be on pay-per-view twice in 2020. Well, it's it's pretty it's pretty cool. I don't know. I don't want to break the fourth wall or anything, but I'm actually supposed to uh, do a street fight with the big LG himself Saturday night. Um, oh wow! So yeah, I was going to ask you any chance now that you know now that things have been going good. <laughs> any thought about? I don't know how old you are, but you know you're only 21 in WC, so you're still, you still you could still go. Um, any any thought about you know getting back and trying to make one last run? Uh, man, I don't know that I'm, uh, I think I'm a little more rational to think that I, I, I have a run in me, uh, but to be able to, and you know, Saturday night in Forsyth, Georgia, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, it's an actual an impact plus taping, um, working for impact or TNA was something that uh, I regret not ever doing. So to be impact adjacent, uh, you know, I'm not trying to oversell anything. I don't, uh, I don't work for impact, uh, you know. Uh, they've not it's nothing like that but to at least be connected to that company and, and and have a chance to do a match with gallows who's just a just a monster talent man it should be fun and it's one of those things that i, I couldn't say no um I, I, brother i had i had gear made <laughs> i mean for for one match i had i i had brand new gear made um so if that tells you anything it's exciting um i guess we'll see hopefully he doesn't beat me up too bad um you know how big he is but uh, man, really cool. Um, it was cool to be around everybody and, and being around the boys was always the best part, you know, being on the road and or just being in the locker room and hanging out with everybody's the, the best part of the business anyway. Um, so that talking shop of mania was just, it was like a family reunion to say that that didn't make me want to do something. Um, I'd be lying, you know, being, being at the impact tapings in Atlanta, man, that's just, you get in that building, you look at the ring, you think, I could, I could probably do this one more time. But then you see all these young guys and how talented that roster is. And uh, the old guy in me, the, the dad starts creeping in thinking, dude, you better just uh, wrestle in the floor at home for the women's championship because that's, that's about most of the wrestling I need to do. Well, what a story, man. You know, you never know, you know, life is a strange journey and, uh, and crazy, great, crazy journey for you. You almost had it all at a young age and then you uh, lost it all and, and lost your passion and confidence. And now 20 years later, man, sort of kind of back in the game. And, uh, and, and, and I appreciate you telling it on the podcast and, you know, there's not very many people that walk away from professional wrestling because it's so, such an addictive, uh, you know, uh, uh, product uh especially when you're a part of it but you know i always like to talk to the ones who did you know because it's always interesting everybody has their own journey and and yours sort of has a little bit of a of a happy ending even if the match with gallows on impact plus is the only one that you you know the only one in your comeback uh like you said you're on pay-per-view in 2020 you're on impact plus uh it's going to be driving wrestling i think right uh this one i I don't believe it's driving wrestling yet. They haven't, uh, I believe that the COVID restrictions are lifted at this place because it's a ball field. Um, I man, super cool though. If you'd have told me 10 years ago that I'd have had a house full of little girls and, and, a and a beautiful wife and, and was comfortable and was going to put the boots on again and go, uh, wrestle a, a seven foot tall monster. I'd have probably called you a liar, a liar or an idiot or something, but brother, that's where we're at. 
Well, I appreciate you telling the story. You told uh, the the truth, even down to the the original contract offer, which uh, most people don't like to talk about. But I appreciate the honesty. I wish you luck. uh, with you know, in, in whatever kind of comeback it is, whether it's just a you know a couple things here and there, or whether you actually are able to uh, to 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 be a player again, and uh, always thought you had talent. Was super happy to see you in Atlanta, went out of nowhere, and um, and I wish you and your family the best. I appreciate that, man. You were always one of the the folks who treated us extremely well when you didn't have a reason to. So, man, I, I've always appreciated you. Thank you for everything. Always a big fan. My pleasure. And uh, we'll be following you down the road. Where can people follow you on Twitter and Facebook? Um, on Facebook, I'm just under my regular name, Frank Paris. Uh, on Twitter, I'm Air Paris, A-I-R-P-A-R-I-S, uh, 33. Um, I've got one other cool little tidbit, if it's okay, sure. if I share real Absolutely, fast. Absolutely, um, So uh, I have a pro wrestling tees uh, store. We actually have a logo that looks a lot like the uh, 2001 WCW logo, except it says Air Raid 2001 in there. A couple other logos going up on there as well, um, and uh, one one thousand percent of the proceeds um, uh, every month when I get the invoice from Pro Wrestling Tees, uh, we put that money into a separate account. And then the first week of December, my oldest daughter Perry, she's uh, she's the the one with the big heart in my family. She's going to take that and donate that through our our local sheriff here, um, so he can take and disperse that to a family in need for for Christmas. So. It's a good way to get a cool shirt, man. It's a re- it's a really good looking design. My buddy Brandon Hillis did it. Um, great shirt, great cause, and and it's a good way to do some good around you know uh, this this terrible year of 2020. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome story. Uh, it's a great way to teach your kids to give back. And uh, yeah, well, I'll check out that air raid shirt and see what else comes back. And um, for those of you who might not be familiar with an early AJ Styles and, and Air Paris, uh, just go on uh, on YouTube and put in uh, <laughs> Air Paris and AJ Styles. And there's a few matches, one against the Young Dragons, one against Elix Skipper. And I don't remember who the other one was. Romeo. Romeo, Kid Romeo. Uh mm-hmm. So check that out and stay in touch and we'll be watching again and uh, great to, uh, to, to, to reconnect after 20 something years. Yes, sir. Thank you. I want to thank Air Paris and uh, something tells me we're going to be seeing a little bit more of him in the wrestling business. Uh, but you know, at this point, don't quit your J job. You have a family kid, but, um, but glad to hear his story told finally and and, and glad it, it seems to have a happy ending because uh, uh, certainly didn't have a happy middle for sure. So I want to thank him and you can follow him wherever uh, his platforms are. He mentioned them on Twitter, on Facebook and uh, his Pro Wrestling Tees store. Speaking of Pro Wrestling Tees, I got an announcement coming up about maybe perhaps we might get City Ringside logo shirts up on Pro Wrestling Tees uh, sooner than later. So uh, be looking if you ever wanted a Pro uh, uh, City Ringside with David Penzer logo T-shirt, uh, you may be able to get one. So uh, we're going to be working to, to see about that very soon. Like I said, in the coming weeks, we're going to have Jay Lethal. We're going to have Teddy Long, WWE Hall of Famer, Colt Cabana. And the week before uh, Bound for Glory... It's going to be EC3, and he's going to talk frankly about his journey in this business uh, with the TNA and then going to WWE and getting let go and being a free agent now in 2020 in a strange world. So uh, looking forward to all that. We're here each and every week, wherever podcasts are found. If you don't subscribe, be sure to do so. If you enjoy the content, be sure to spread the word. 
Until next week, I'm David Penzer, still sitting ringside. Thank you so much. Follow David Penzer on Twitter at David Penzer. Also, make sure to follow the show on Twitter at Penzer Ringside. You've been sitting ringside with David Penzer on Radio Influence. I'm Jerry Petock, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out radioinfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, radioinfluence.com. <laughs>